You're listening to Collective Practice, a podcast for mental health entrepreneurs who dare to dream, create, and grow your business. I'm Lauren Spaulding, marriage and family therapist and business consultant. I'm on a mission to create abundant success for those in the helping profession who strive to tear down barriers around mental wellness and create healing opportunities for all. Thank you so much for joining me in today's episode. Let's jump right in. Hello, you fearless and marvelous beta fish. Welcome back to the Collective Practice Podcast. I'm Lauren Spaulding, and this is a podcast for mental health entrepreneurs, where we talk about business skills, clinical skills, and mental health. And welcome to today's episode, where we are going to be talking about raising rates. Bum, bum, bum. Now, raising rates is such a sore spot for therapists, and it's something that a lot of us hate to address because we're helpers and we don't want to talk money. We just want to help our clients, but it's something that's really vital to creating a sustainable business. Raising rates is what's going to allow you to find financial freedom while still having a sliding scale. Raising rates is what's going to allow you to expand your practice and go beyond those one-on-one services. And raising rates is going to make sure you are keeping an eye on your worth and that you are not selling yourself short as you continue to become a better therapist and really solidify your practice and grow in your skills. So raising rates is really vital to your service and your private practice. And that's why I wanted to dedicate an episode to talking about when you should raise your rates and how you should approach this with your clients. So there are three things I want you to do before we even talk about when you should raise your rates. First, you need to determine your sliding scale fees. So you need to figure out what your minimum sliding scale is that you're willing to go and how many clients you're willing to take in on that rate. And you need to determine your maximum sliding scale costs before someone should be considered a full rate client. Having this scale figured out and written down is going to really help you in keeping that boundary with new clients as they call you and ask for your services. Now, one way to determine your minimum and maximum and how many clients at each point you're willing to have is to determine your ideal revenue per hour that you need for your business. And so how much do you need to make per clinical hour to be able to pay yourself fairly, to be able to afford all of your overhead for your business, and to be able to pay for all of the necessary trainings and qualifications we have in our field. So when you determine that, it's going to help you to see how many sliding scale and full rate clients you need to be able to ensure you are making the money that your practice needs in order to sustain. An average ideal revenue per hour for someone in private practice is about 90 to 100 per hour. And that is if you're getting about 15 to 20 clinical hours per week. You want to be averaging that. 
And that's going to ensure that you can pay yourself well, that you can cover the overhead costs that it takes to be in private practice, and that you can cover all of the necessary costs to be a therapist. So you might wanna start with that number if the idea of breaking down the number feels overwhelming to you right now, but I do encourage you to use a salary calculator and to really take some time to sit down and actually think through your ideal revenue per hour that you need. And the last thing I want you to do is determine your maximum rate, your full rate clients. What do you want them to be at ideally? And maybe that's what's on your paperwork now, or maybe it's your ideal number that you hope to attain in the future. Whichever way it goes, write down that max full rate that you feel good about, that feels like you are paying yourself your own worth, feels like you can still take on sliding scale with that rate, and it feels like it's fair to your clients. And all of us have a different set of beliefs, values, and motivations that determine that ideal rate for us, and all of us are different. So you might want to do research in your area to see what the average therapist charges and what the higher end rates are in your area and determine what feels comfortable to you. Now, once you write that down, I want you to add $10 to it because you are likely not putting it at a number that's truly your worth based on your trainings, based on your specialties, and based on the unique voice you bring to therapy. So if you wrote down, I want to make ideally 100 an hour, I want you to make that 110. If you are down 130, I want you to make that 140. Whatever you landed on, add $10 to it right now and write that down as your ideal full rate price for your clients. And that might not be your rate now, but it's something you're going to aspire to in the future. Okay, now that you've done that, let's talk about when you should raise your rates in your practice. Some people raise their rates after a milestone is achieved, like you've gotten advanced training in a certain model, or you have a, more of a specialization that you offer to people. I do not recommend having that be when you raise your rates because it's not consistent, you're not creating any type of expectation with your clients, and your clients don't really care about your trainings or what the alphabet suit behind your name means. All they care about is if they're getting the quality of service that they were hoping for when they signed up to be your client. So what I want you to do instead is have an actual calendar and having actual dates throughout the year where you're going to raise your rates and or check in on your sliding scale clients. So those are two different things that impact your practice. Sliding scale clients should always be temporarily at the sliding scale unless there is an extenuating circumstance like you are offering your services for a specific organization and through that organization, you're offering a certain lower rate. So there are different organizations that provide therapy services to a very specific population. So that is probably the only exception to sliding scale being temporary. You might have another exception in your practice, but make sure it's actually valid. It's not a perceived limitation or an insecurity or fear coming up as you think about raising your rates.
Now, you want to make sure that you have language in your paperwork where someone is signing and agreeing to their lowered rate, and in that paperwork, you mention that this is a temporary rate and that they will be notified if and when that rate is raised. So sliding scale clients are going to be on a different calendar from full scale clients. And those full rate clients are going to include people who were grandfathered in from an old rate if they don't have any financial need to be in that lower rate. That would be someone who would be categorized as sliding scale. So an example would be, say, your rate as an intern was 50 an hour, and you've got five clients that have continued with you past your internship at that 50 an hour rate. Now, three of them you know are just at that rate because that was your current full rate, but you know that they don't have the financial need to stay there. You're going to place them in the full rate camp versus the other two who you know reached out to you because they were specifically looking for affordable therapy services and you know that their financial situation would warrant them to need sliding scale services even after you're an intern. So you're going to put those two in the sliding scale camp and these are going to be addressed differently. So first I want you to think about when you're going to raise your sliding scale rates. Sliding scale should always be temporary, so you should always be raising rates for those clients. So sliding scale clients should be checked in on one to four times a year, depending on how frequently you feel comfortable keeping them at a certain rate. So for some therapists, they have a four times a year check-in. So they say every four months, I'm going to check in on what your rate is at and see if you can increase and bump up to a new rate. So that might be beneficial to someone who does not do long-term therapy and knows that a person's going to see results very quickly. So they might not even be with you for more than, say, eight months. Or it might be beneficial if you recognize that by keeping someone at that sliding scale longer causes you to harbor any bias or resentment or anything that's counter-transference that's negatively impacting your therapy services. Be honest with yourself, and if that's the case, then make sure the check-ins are frequent. It doesn't mean that you're raising rates at every single check-in, but it just means that you are clearly stating and communicating that your sliding scale fees need to not be like cornered into only say four clients and they just get it for years and years and years which means you can't open up sliding scale to other people because people's financial situation does change and you are gonna have a specific system in place for when their financial situation changes also, some people are just looking for the best deal, so they're going to try and pay you as little as they can, and if you start hearing language in their sessions that, oh, they actually have a really great paying job, they travel all the time, X, Y, and Z, you now, instead of having to confront that or make that a therapeutic issue, you're just going to check in in four months and be like, okay, so we're raising rates to blah, 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 whatever that is. Now with sliding scale clients, I recommend that you raise your fees by a small margin that feels very attainable to the client because that small margin is going to make a huge difference for you financially in your practice, but you don't want it to feel like a huge difference for their pocketbook. So you might want to raise $5 at a time, 
$10 at a time, something that feels very attainable, very achievable to them. If they're paying you 50 an hour, bumping up to 55 isn't gonna feel super, super significant to them. And that's gonna help raising rates feel very seamless, very doable, and not cause any rift between you and the client, which is gonna help any secure insecurity you have around raising rates. Now, maybe checking in every four months feels too frequent for you. I know for me personally, that feels way too frequent. I don't like talking about money all the time with my clients, and I do tend to do more long-term therapy. I do, I do tend to attract clients who have very long-term goals or are addressing complex therapeutic issues, and we know that we're going to be spending a significant amount of time in therapy together. So again, you want to choose what feel, feels comfortable to you. And at minimum, you want to check in on your sliding scale clients once a year, and I would say max four times a year. Oh, wait, I think I initially said four times a year was every four months. That's every three months. My bad. <laughs> Correction. So minimum check-in once a year, maximum, I'd say about four times a year. You also want to determine that by listening to your client's needs. So you have that number as a baseline of, okay, I'm checking in a sliding scale twice a year. Let's say that's where you land. But between those times where you're checking in, you're listening in session to their financial needs for therapy because our clients are talking to us about their life. They're sharing their world with us. So we're hearing about their career. We're hearing about where they're at in their career path. We're hearing about their financial stressors. And we're hearing about upcoming events that could cause financial stress, like a job change, having a baby, or a family member is potentially going to be passing away soon. We know things like that are coming up and that's going to determine what the check-in is or it can also determine when the check-in is going to be. So then when we think about full fee clients, we are gonna be thinking about two different times where we're gonna raise rates and two different ways of raising rates. So the first thing is raising rates for new clients. So you should be doing that at least once a year, if not twice a year, depending on how far away you are from that ideal per hour rate you're wanting to get to. So if your ideal is 150 and right now you're only charging 80, I want you to raise your rates twice a year. But if your ideal is 150 and right now you're at 110, 120, you might raise your rates once a year. That's up to you. You wanna base that on your needs, base that on your population, and based that on how many sliding scale clients you have as well. So you are going to be determining a new rate for new clients once or twice a year. You're gonna update your paperwork for that and anyone new who calls about your services are gonna be at that new rate. That then puts your full fee clients that are now in a sliding scale spot, but they don't necessarily have sliding scale needs. So you're gonna determine bumping them up based on that new rate. So let's say you've got clients at $100 and you're bumping your rate up to 120. Now these full rate clients who were at 100 are gonna be bumped up once or twice, depending on how much you bump them. So let's say six months go by and you let them know you're gonna be raising them from 100 to 110. Then in the next six months, they're gonna be raised from 100 to 120. So you have a system in place to 
have your current clients grow with you as your rate increases, but doing it in a way that feels fair and doesn't feel overwhelming to any one person. You'd never want finances to be a reason someone doesn't see you. So you definitely want to work with them on raising rates. And again, you're determining that based on what you're hearing in the therapy room with them. If they're not really having a lot of financial strain and they are well invested in you and invested in working towards their goals, raising fees is probably not going to be a big deal to them versus someone who you know can afford you at that rate, say 100, but 120 might be, feel like a big jump to them. So instead, you might raise that person 5 or $10 whenever you talk to them about a rate increase. So there is flexibility and fluidity in your rate increase, but you still want to have a concrete system in place that doesn't make finances a part of the therapy room, but it keeps it as a part of the business. Your clients know that they're paying you for a service, but they don't want to spend 20 minutes a session talking about finances and if they can afford it and blah, blah, blah. So you want to have stuff in your paperwork and you want to maybe even have language in your first session with them that lets them know that every now and then rates are going to be increased and that there is a calendar in mind for you of when they should expect a rate increase. So the last tip I want to give about when to raise your rates is to give 30 days notice to your clients. And I think this is just a very ethical way of approaching finances with your clients that gives them plenty of time to get used to the change, to budget it in if needed, and to bring up any concerns they might have with you in session. That gives them four sessions at least to bring it up with you. Now, your full rate clients, they might not have that language in their paperwork, or maybe you do put it in your general intake paperwork, or you might approach it as when the rate increase happens for new clients, you let current clients know, but you let them know that for now they can stay at their regular rate. So say you have clients at 130, you're going to be raising to 150. So you're going to let them know, hey, in August, I'm raising my rates to 150. And for some of those clients, you might say, so your rate's going to increase at that time and you're giving them 30 plus day notice. Or you might say, but I'm going to grandfather you in to this current rate of 130. So I'm going to put a sliding scale form in your paperwork. You're going to have them sign acknowledging that they know your new rate's 150, but you're letting them slide to 130. And there's the language of this is temporary. They're going to be increasing slowly as time progresses and that they will be given 30 days notice. So either way is a great approach, but either way you want to make sure that you have this in your paperwork and that it's very clear, it clearly stated to your clients what to expect. That's really going to help you remove all of the yuck feelings you might have around finances because the expectation is clear and it is clear that it is business focused. It's not about the therapeutic relationship. There's nothing that they can do or say that's going to make you resent them and raise their fees or drop them because they're sliding scale. So you're also helping build some rapport there. I know that that's hard to believe, but it's true. Well, people want routine. They want containment. They want to feel safe. And when expectations are very clearly set, you're building that safety with them. You're letting them know that you are going to be honest about communication, that you're always going to be forthright, and that you're basing things off of a calendar year. 
not off of emotions, and not off of snap decisions. So take some time to do some of these action items that I presented in today's video. I want you to take it from theory to practice, and I want you to really walk through all of the different ways of determining rates, determining when you're going to check in, determining when you're going to raise those rates, so on and so forth. And that's going to help you in creating a sustainable business. A few quick announcements before I end today. Don't forget, I'm going to be releasing the starter pack to private practice this summer. This is going to be really helpful to anyone who's about to go into private practice or just started their own private practice. So make sure you're on my email list so that you know exactly when that's going to come out because season one of the Collective Practice podcast is going to be ending at the end of this month. And I'm going to be taking some time in the summer to create new awesome content for you, and I'll be back in the fall. But the starter pack's releasing in the summer, so I'm probably not going to have a video announcement on it, and you want to be sure that you're in the know. You also can follow me on my social medias, and I'll be talking about those upcoming courses there as well. Thank you so, so much for supporting the Collective Practice Podcast in its very first season. It has been such a fun journey, and I'm so excited to come back for season two. Make sure you're subscribed so that you get notified when the podcast is back, and make sure to like and share and do all the social media things to support the podcast because I really, really want this free and helpful information to reach as many mental health workers as it can. All right, that's everything I've got for you today. So I will see you in the next one. Bye. As we wind down from this episode, take a moment to reflect on your key takeaways. How can you care for your business and yourself this week? Don't forget, you are awesome and worthy of a hugely successful career. I hope to help you and support you along the way. I'll see you in the Collective Practice Facebook group and in the masterclass. Visit lawrencebalding.co for more details. Talk to you soon, friend.